Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. What was Philip like? Uh, Philip yeah. Rivers. I hated I hated Phil <laughs> with, with every ounce of, of my heart. I mean, I hated him because, you know, when you're watching film in college or in the pros, there's no sound. There's no sound. And so you're watching guys, so you just see him the whole time doing this, and you don't know what he's saying. And he looks very petty. He's looked petty. He's talking, <laughs> you know. Yes. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. You know me. I'm Cam Hayward. You know Hayden. He's my friend and producer. We got a great show. And Hayden, how's how's your time been since uh, Super Bowl? Uh, recovering. It it was a <laughs> it was a week. It was a lot of fun spending time yeah. with you and the Omaha crew and the Caesars crew. Uh, right. A lot of fun. But I think we needed a week to recover. How have you been? Um, and you've been traveling a lot and doing a lot. So how you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, you see on Twitter, people are already asking for my retirement. Um, you know, me having fun, retweeting it and, you know, going with it. But uh, you know, I was concerned. Part- I got to stop you. I was concerned. You didn't call me first to say you retired. And then I get on Twitter this morning and I see you retired. Can you explain to us what the hell is going on? Are you retiring? <laughs> I'm not retiring as of right now. I'm just I'm just in the moment. <laughs> oh okay okay is this like a no. brady moment like you'll be back in august or whatever that is bro you won't see me on no damn beach about to do my retirement i'll say that like okay. uh, i'm getting ready i'm working out too damn much to be worried about retirement right now um i think i'm just trying to uh you know lay low for a little bit we've had a, a long season um you know super bowl week really took out of me too running around uh you know, doing God knows what, but uh, it's just t- time to be a dad and, you know, time to focus on, you know, uh, getting better. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's me just retweeting stuff, not having fun with it. Uh, okay. So you're not <laughs> retiring. And I will say, I'll give you credit. I'm exhausted from Super Bowl week. You probably did 10 to 15 times more than me that week. So I can't imagine how uh, you're feeling, but I'm glad you made it out. Yeah. Um, okay. And, uh, were you able to watch any, any, were you able to enjoy the NBA all-star game or anything else this weekend? Uh, I tried to watch the NBA all-star game and, whew, uh, I thought the NFL pro bowl was bad. They were literally firing just shots. That was, I think someone said it was a glorified layup line and they were not lying about that. There was no defense played. Um, you know, it was more of a skills competition than an actual game. Yeah. And and we'll get to the all-star game here in a minute, but I really want to get to what I thought the biggest story from that was, and it's DK Metcalf winning the MVP of the, of the celebrity game and then getting drug tested by the NFL after, I guess, because he played so well. Yeah. The DK Metcalf stuff. Okay. He wins the game and, you know, plays great. But the thing I'm like, I'm I don't think it's real at all. I think it's kind of just, you know, everybody just playing along for the show. You know, NFL's got to make their money. Everybody's got to make their buck. Um, You know, what better way than DK showing off some unrealistic highlight of him jumping, which I don't think is real. It's like that Michael Vick clip from all those years back, throwing throwing the ball out of the the stadium. Uh, Or or, uh, LeBron shooting from half court, which I've seen him do. But the other one he did was just – wasn't it like a Powerade commercial where yeah. he literally just launched it one hand and, you know, he made it and, you know, it was part of the Powerade slogan. So now we have DK Metcalf, you know, it's not an ordinary jump. He doesn't even go down all the way to explode. It was just literally like a quarter <laughs> squat, then jumps, and it's like 20 feet in the air. And then to piggyback on that, NFL sends a drug test. And I just think it's – it's kind of funny how all this stuff works. All of this is just trying to get you to buy into the hoopla and pay attention more to DK Metcalf, the NFL's superstar. Um, but, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, it, I will say, I don't know if it's real or not. I can't tell on these things anymore. But it did give me Kobe jumping over the car vibes. Remember when Kobe yes. did that? It, it's really what it reminded me of because he went way up in the air to get that ball. I mean, I, I don't know. It was unrealistic. It was like he jumped, like the fence was behind him. He jumped higher than the fence, and it made no sense. Like, 
I, I just everybody's trying to do these things with cameras now. I think Brady, Tom Brady, did something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one guy who threw it up in the air down the field and was able to catch under it. I don't know what you would do for a defensive lineman, but sign me up so we can make this happen so I can get drug tested too. How about I was that? wondering that too. Like, what do you got to do? Like, put a bunch of plates on the bench press and bench press like 600 pounds go work out with james harrison and do his workouts or something to get noticed to get drug tested what do you need to do to get a drug test letter from the nfl i'll get my drug test sooner or later (laughs) (laughs) um one one thing i did want to ask you on this you played ball in high school do you think you could win the celebrity all-star game mvp yes i see some of those celebrities and i am very shocked that they're even playing basketball um you know you can't tell me that, you know, Frankie Munez can beat me in basketball or, you know, some of the random people they have out there. Um, you know, I think it's a really cool opportunity to be a part of. I'd love to take part in it, but uh, I can say I haven't played ba- like pickup basketball in a couple years. Um, my agent always likes to bring up the story of when we were there, when we were getting ready for my draft, I uh, was like, Let's get together with some of my buddies. My agents came and we went to, you know, the local lifetime um, and we're, we're running up the court, you know, having some fun. Uh, and then there was this one guy, you know, who wasn't part of our group who kind of like tried to undercut me under the basket. And that kind of just lit a fire under me. And I just wanted to go back at him the entire time. So, you know, you know, if you poke the bear, I, I will poke back. And so that's kind of my thing where I have to, you know, temper it a little bit and, you know, be smart about it nowadays. Because I remember uh, a couple years ago, uh, Terrell Suggs was playing basketball mm-hmm. and Torrey's Achilles. And, you know, that was a story in itself where, you know, the, the Ravens didn't even have to cover him. They could have just cut him. And then, you know, uh, it breaches his contract. He doesn't get paid. Uh, and ever since then, I've kind of been like, I don't need to play as much basketball as I used to. <laughs> and I don't blame you for that. And I also don't think, I don't know that the celebrity all-star game is ready for how competitive you get when we play basketball, because even a couple of years ago for your 30th, I think we all came up to play some pickup. And at one point it was everybody watching you and Corey, your brother, just go at each other. It was basically clear out and let them go at it. And you two got into it. It just felt like each possession. So I don't know that your competitiveness is going to be welcomed in that game. It seems like it's almost too much fun for someone like you. People really don't know how competitive I am. No. no. Um, I I try to hold back sometimes. and <laughs> I don't think but... they have any idea. Like, it's seriously, like, you have, this, you have this persona of nice guy, Walter Payton of the Year nominee, all this stuff, right? But right. dude, if you get it between the lines, you're the biggest. Well, I'm sorry to say that on the on the pod. I'm here. a jerk. I'm you're a jerk. A huge jerk, dude. You suck playing against. You're the worst because you're 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 just so annoying. I mean, it sucks. Plus, I talk a lot of junk too. Like, let's let's not like I am not one of those nuns that just you know hides in the corner. Like I I back it up and I plan on making sure you know I can back it up. Um, that's why me and my wife can't play Mario Kart anymore. It just gets out of control. <laughs> yeah, you're too you're too competitive. So I don't think Celebrity All-Star Game, but I would love to see you in it because I know you'd take it uh, entirely too serious. All right, I want to get into some NFL stuff that happened over the weekend. Yes. Uh, Derek Carr met with the Jets. Um, has your buddy told you where he's going? I know you guys are extremely close. You got the last Raiders jersey. Tell me where's Derek going and what's he told you? My buddy, like we just, uh, I wouldn't say he's like, I didn't know he was considered my best friend, but Derek Carr is a, is a good friend of mine. Um, I don't, I don't think he hasn't told me where he's going, but um, there's definitely some opportunities for him to go some really good places. Um, I think the New York Jets could be an option if the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out. Um, I think a great opportunity for him would be New Orleans. Um, you know, I think him with Mike, Michael Thomas and uh, uh, Kamara would be, you know, really good. I'm sure Cam Jordan would love that. Uh, but, you know, I think I think he's going to wind up in a good situation. I don't really – or Carolina. That's, that's another – where they got a really good running team um, and they could really build around him. I just think 
he's going to wind up in a situation that is way more stocked than what Vegas really worked out for him. Because I think there was a lot of problems with the O-line for a little bit. Um, and he was able to, you know, when he had weapons, he was able to feature them. Waller was coming off an injury this past year. Hunter Renfro was coming off an injury this past year. Devontae Adams was in and out a little bit. So, you know, I thought, you know, Derek Carr was trying to weather the storm, um, and it wasn't as easy for him. So, you know, build around him, have a good O-line, have some really good pieces. He could really make a team a a contender going forward. One thing I'm curious about with you, if you were him – would you want to sign before guys like Aaron Rodgers make their decision on what their future is? And even a guy like if Lamar were to get moved, would you try to get your thing out of the way to get to the team as quick as possible? I don't really care what goes on with the other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what I'm walking into. I want to know the city. I want to know what this team looks like. Because if anything, if I commit first, I'm kind of, you know, I'm having all those opportunities still around where I can choose first. I don't want Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson throwing a wrench into where I want to play. So if I want to play in Atlanta, I know exactly where Atlanta looks like. Mm -hmm. If I want to play with the Jets, if I want to play in New Orleans, you look at those situations and say, those guys got to get traded. I can make the decision before them. I can work out a contract. I can be ready to sign on the dotted line and go forward before these guys can even go because – Let's be honest, the Derek Carr situation looks a lot better than Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson is because you got to give up draft capital and giving up draft capital. And you're also bringing in so much more money. So you've got to make that work as opposed to bringing Derek Carr in, making a contract and just working his contract. So I, I think that that can play a lot into it. You don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones. That could be another opportunity. There are some really cool ways he can fit in, and it's easier to fit in when you're Derek Carr as opposed to a guy who's already on a contract that has to be traded. Well, and I, you know, I'm curious too, is the gap between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers that great to where you would be willing to give up multiple picks or even players to get the other? I, I'm kind of with you where – Take Derek Carr because then we can keep our team intact, right? If you go get mm-hmm. Lamar, especially Lamar, Lamar, you're going to give up a lot more, I think, than Aaron Rodgers even. Um, yeah. But you don't destroy the team. And honestly, that's why I think he didn't accept the trade from Oakland to New Orleans or, or excuse me, Vegas to New Orleans, right? Why am I going to let you destroy my team that I'm going to? Well, I think that and why am I helping out the Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. at this point? Why am I looking out to say, hey, you can get something for me? Or, no, I'm just going to wait this out. I'm going to wait for you to cut me, and I'm going to make my bread that way. Like, you have way more say when the team's not trying to to move you. You know, they didn't even want to give him free range and where he could look. Mm-hmm. So now he's got free reign, and, you know, they didn't get anything from him. That is a terrible, terrible thing if you look at, like, how to be a general manager. You let a player who has – draft value walk out of your building after you just signed to a new contract Mm -hmm. i know it wasn't fully guaranteed but there is money that you're gonna have to spread out and you have nothing to show for it so what like that's not good general manager play and i think you're really gonna pay the price in trying to bring in a new guy in there well yeah and you're not gonna be drafting high enough to probably get one of the good the elite like a stroud or even a bryce young so yeah. I know, they're an interesting spot. Now, you did mention another quarterback, mm-hmm. um, and I'm more interested on a different side of the Daniel Jones argument. He just yeah. fired his agent when he's up yeah. for big money here. As a player who's been through a couple of contract negotiations, how do you see that, and what do you think is going on there? Well, I think before you always go into uh, you know contract negotiations, you and your agent and your agency need to be on be synonymous on every point. If you guys can't be on the same point throughout the process, you're going to have some fractures and it's going to, you know, I feel like, you know, um, a team can pressure the player into signing a contract, but the agent needs to step in and make sure he understands his value or, you know, understand where, where are you going? Do you want to win? Do you want to be a part of a team, you know, that I don't have to make the most money? but I can make enough money and we can keep guys around me. That's up to the, that's up to the player and the agent to work out themselves. Um, 
you see sometimes in these situations that the team pressures the 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 player and they they make them say this is how we do it this is how we structure our contracts you know i don't know what your agent is telling you but this is all we can do that's a load of crap if if the NFL, I mean, if the team wants to negotiate, they know how to negotiate. This is a tactic that a lot of teams use. Um, but I think um, Daniel Jones has to know his worth in this situation. He has to understand that the New York Giants don't have a backup plan. And you can hold him to the fire because of this. Um, you know, you there are other contracts you they, they should be restructuring to make sure you can fit not only him but Saquon Barkley as well. You know, I, I think uh another point you have to think about is is Daniel Jones only changing agencies because of this negotiation, or is that he wants to be with a different agency because you know you want a different feel? Sometimes these agencies just get so big that you almost feel, you know, not heard. When it comes to your what, what's going on in your life, you want more of a boutique feel rather than, you know, uh, a corporation. And so, you know, it's all about what the player needs, but the player has to maximize his time in the NFL or, you know, you get fallen by the wayside. And I agree with that, but I'm also like, if you're the Giants, I mean, do you pay Daniel Jones anywhere from 40 to $45 million a year knowing you've got to sign Saquon? Like, who's more important to that team, Cam? Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones? Um, one thing I'll say when they just had Saquon, it didn't look too good. Um, and you know, I, I, th- I thought Saquon had a heck of a year, but I think, you know, you look at what Brian Dayball is bringing. It's, it's Daniel Jones's team and Saquon is a very big part of it, but I think you need that quarterback to go forward. Um, I don't think you can really just discount what Dayball is doing because let's be honest, we haven't seen Daniel Jones play this good his entire career. And what you, what you can say is he's improved a lot. He's not a perfect product. I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback right now, but he's improved enough to say that relationship between him and Dayball can be something special. And going forward, I think you got to think you can improve on that. And, uh, Saquon's got to be another guy you, you got to figure out. Those two guys are your premier guys. You got to treat Saquon like he's a running back slash wide receiver because that's what he is. Um, and so those have to be your one and two options. Uh, I don't know all their the guys they're paying, but they're going to have to move some money around. Yeah, it just worries me. I'm wondering, can Brian Dayball not do this with multiple guys? Uh, maybe get a, like, what if they got Derek Carr? I mean, you know, it's like, do you want to pay Daniel Jones the $45 million a year when you might be able to get somebody else for that same price, but they're a better player? So what you're saying is you're not you're not necessarily worried about the number. You're worried about the player. I am. Yeah, I, I think Brian Dayball was more behind that than Daniel Jones improved. I, I Like you said, he wasn't very good until Brian Dayball got there. But isn't that – I would say that's more on the coaching staff before because – Maybe we, we could say some things about that coaching staff that happened that made you think, are they putting them in the best spot to win? That's fair. But I also think, too, I'm going to trust Dayball's track record with what he did with Josh Allen and now Daniel Jones to think if he gets his guy in there, because Daniel Jones even his, isn't even his guy. If he gets a guy in there that he likes, he'll be just he'll be fine. And, and that team will be fine. I, I think Jones is more of a product of what he, the coaching he got this year. And you're right. It wasn't great the previous years. I'm not denying that, but I think Dayball is more to get credit than Daniel Jones is. Mm. We'll see, man. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think, um, you know, I think we're, I think it's expected that Daniel Jones is going to resign with the giants with a new contract. So I think that's the sign that, you know, they all want him there. Um, but, you know, I got to understand there's a lot of media coming from New York because that's the media capital of, you know, the United States. Like we fi- filter everything out from there and you don't know whose point is coming across through all this stuff. So it, it will be interesting, you know, if they get Daniel Jones, how does Saquon fit under this approach? Yeah. Are you going to be able to franchise tag? Because I, I, I'll say one thing. I hate the franchise tag because you put a guy on a one-year contract and if he gets hurt, he's screwed. 
why 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 is he even allowed you know for a guy who played at the top of his game he's only guaranteed one contract why do we give owners and general managers a chance to just you know this is this plays into the Lamar Jackson point because these guys have outplayed their contracts they are worthy of more money but we only say we'll give you one year of you know bliss but in real time you're you're not you're putting the risk to it way greater than a reward because you could be screwing that kid's future going forward well, it's the Le'Veon Bell argument, right? I mean, yes. you lived it. I mean, it's, I mean, Steeler fans and NFL fans can be as frustrated as they want with Le'Veon, but I think what he was doing, the message he was sending is what you're saying. The franchise tag is dumb to the players because it's a one-year, yeah. and people get enamored with the number, right? Oh, it's $15 million for a year. It's this year, but it's no security, right? No, no. Um, and you can look at any other job. You would not want to take that. You know, you would always take the longevity and be able to provide for your family over time rather than just taking one bump and just saying, move on. I just don't think um, when you see these contracts and you say there's like you're not going out in the free agency and saying, hey, I want to one year like that is not fair to that player. That's not fair to the organization either, because you're saying we're, we're putting all our eggs in one basket in one year. You like you wouldn't go into free like a team wouldn't go into one free agency and say, "Hey, we want to sign someone at the top of the market for one year only." That makes no sense. And so, in retrospect, it does make the teams have more flexibility in being able to smooth the cap and being able to push money down the down those years. There's been so so many teams. You look at Pat Mahomes' contract; it looked ridiculous when it first came out but all they've done is just push money aside and keep moving money all the way around um there are things you can do when you sign guys to you know multi-year contracts yeah you definitely understand that. i feel like the steelers kicked money down the road quite a bit throughout your entire career um with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, so let me ask you this. Did you watch any of the new XFL this weekend? Um... <laughs> you don't even watch the NFL. I don't even know why I asked this to you. But do, yeah, do you, do you I, I'm not the. I'm I'm not like. I want to watch it. I just haven't had a chance. I was spending some time with the family. Um, I, you can. I think my daughter's watching TV right now, but we haven't been really watching any TV. Um, but I didn't get a chance to watch the XFL debut. I did send to you though. Mm-hmm. The Rocks opening remarks for kicking off the season, though. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and we'll definitely get into that with comparing his opening remarks to somebody else's opening remarks, maybe a rival of his. But I do. Um, there are a few XFL things I do want to cover here. And one thing is I'll say several former teammates of yours are in there. It was cool to see Martavis Bryant, 
and yeah. a couple other guys that you played with. Um, and one thing I will say the XFL did, and I, I this is going to come off probably as mean, it just confirmed that some guys couldn't play. Like Paxton Lynch, uh, I think he was actually your teammate at one point. He was benched midway through. It's like the third league he's been benched in. AJ McCarron didn't look great. And I'm like, it's just confirming that some of these guys just weren't very good when they played in the NFL. Why does it have to be when they mess up that they couldn't play as opposed to the other guy being able to play? Well, no, they couldn't play in any league they played in. That's what I'm saying. Is the ex- I mean, dude, I saw McCarron throw a few passes, and I'm like, I know he's been out of the league for a while, but ugh, not good. Were they interceptions or just, you know? I mean, airmail. I mean, and it was his first game, but everything was airmailed. I mean, everything. We're working out the kinks. I, I, I think we got to give more of a grace period to these guys. I think uh, this is the first year it's went off, and, you know, they're working through some things. But, man, I am all for giving – you know, more players opportunities to play. Um, I hope it works in conjunction with the NFL soon um, because I, I don't want it to be another USFL thing. Um, I got to hear the horror stories of guys, you know, busting their butts to make it through that, that season only to be stranded in hotels and not have a way back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm all forgiven, you know, more opportunities, more time to learn uh, because, you know, it might not be the sexiest picks of your quarterback or your wide receiver, but I'm pretty sure there have been some D linemen, some O linemen who have made it up through these, who have been scouted, scouted, and then they wind up in the NFL. So it's just providing more opportunities like that, that, you know, if this wasn't around, uh, they fall by the wayside. No, and I'll say that, you know, I was making fun of Lynch and AJ McCarron, but there are some guys there that I do think have chances of making it to NFL rosters. I mean, I even saw Josh Gordon had, I think like six catches and a touchdown. Um, so like there are, there is talent there and it is cool to see guys maybe that slip through the cracks are getting an opportunity, but I do want to go back to something that you said, and you hope the NFL gets involved in this. Do you think spring football will only work? And this is a, a reporter in Pittsburgh said this, Mark Caballi. He said, spring football will never work until a team is attached to an NFL team, like a true farm system. Do you agree with that? Uh, you know, I think it doesn't have to be a true farm system. I think that's just giving more and more credit to the owners and, you know, um, you know, putting more mo- money in their, their, po- their pockets. Um, you know, I just think it's going to work because, um, one, it's got to be sustainable and it's got to be on TV. Um, there are so many day- ways to watch football. If you can create a partnership where um, it lives and breathes on like your NFL Plus, I'm already plugging NFL Plus. Oh my gosh, yeah, nice. this is bad. nice job, company uh, ESPN Plus as well. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you if we can get that and let it be on, you know, on there, I think it's bound to keep growing for- forward. If you can get it on Madden. You know, and get these guys going through a system that way. Um, but I think you look at guys like Martavis Bryant, and you look at Josh Gordon, and you see that the rules in the NFL have changed. And if those things had changed before, those guys wouldn't be out of the league. Um, and so those guys can play in the NFL. They've proven that. Let's let's see if they can continue to do it. And, you know, they work their ways back up. I, I don't like being the judge during execution or saying a guy can't play in the NFL after he's played in the XFL. It's not there to die. They're not there to die. They're there to expand. They're there to keep the game growing. Um, you know, our, our game's at a, a, a different spot now. You know, we're incorporating more flag football, you can see, from Pro Bowl. And so by doing that, you know, you're only going to continue to grow the game that more guys are going to come from different places. It doesn't just have to be from college to the NFL. It could be from XFL to NFL. It could be from, you know, flag football or rugby. Uh, the more you continue to just keep having different avenues of where football can come from, the more it's going to continue to better your game. I also think there's there's things that they, the NFL might be able to take from the XFL. Um, you know, the XFL yeah. has managed to do kickoffs. They've also – the onside kick rule is now a, what, a fourth and 15, um, which honestly, I've saw people saying this on Twitter, that might be too easy. Um, like, you need to make it harder because an onside kick is very hard to recover. But there are things I think the NFL will take, and I do think there's some guys now. And the one thing I did want to ask you on this last thing on this is, are guys who play in this league, do you know, are they draft eligible this year? Like, can they be in this year's draft? 
Or I don't they think they're draft as eligible. I think they go straight to the free agency. Okay. okay. I guess so, they've been drafted, so that's a good point. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think, you know, there's going to have to either be a push into incorporating from the NFL or, you know, I see them working out different things, which I think is a very cool idea to work out your problems to a different, a different, uh, you know, organization um, working hand in hand. Uh, but I think there's got to be either a money bump to really inc- be inclusive and intentional about it. Um, but I think you can really use this to work out some things and see where you can grow. Um, because let's be honest, some of these guys are going to wind up on NFL teams, whether you like it or not. Like there are scouts at these games, they are watching and all is it going to take for, you know, we just had a Mr. Irrelevant play in a playoff game. What's going to happen when we have a kid from spring football playing in a, in a football game? I mean, in a playoff game. That is going to be a story, and I'm going to be here for it, and we're going to be talking about it, and we're going to be saying, we talked about this moment and saying it was going to happen, and now it's another avenue. Just because we saw Brock Purdy playing that in the playoff game, we can now say it doesn't matter where you're drafted. It matters where what you do when you get there and once you get the opportunity. Now it's going to be what happens when spring football happens and a guy from there is taken and put into the NFL, and now he's in playing in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I still don't think Paxton Lynch or AJ McCarron are going to be that guy. But you're right. It, it is going to be, it is, there were, some, there were some guys there that were impressive. Um, okay. But we got to talk about it. Okay. You right, mentioned it right, earlier. Right. The rocks the hating of these speeches, the Go rocks ahead. speech versus Vin Diesel's all-star game speech. Who did it better? And also what the heck was the rock thinking wearing a Jersey when he did his speech? <laughs> All right. I know this is our not just football topic, but we're going to create another segment called Squash and Beef because we need The Rock and Vin Diesel to just get along, man. We need more of these guys together. You know, why do we need to be on different sides? You guys don't like getting hit. You guys create great movies together. You guys can't create great movies apart. Let's be honest. Like, who saw Central Intelligence? That That was terrible. The Rock, we want you on, by the way. <laughs> um, okay, the speeches, I don't know where they were going with either of them. Um, the Rock speech was more powerful because, you know, I felt like he was inspiring these guys to live out their dreams again. Vince, Vin Diesel was in the middle of Utah talking about family and this great opportunity. And I'm like, he's just trying to pro- promote Fast X. And so... Uh, and what he got us talking about on on our Omaha uh, production. So I just think I'm running through a wall for both of them, you know, because I want to see them as a tag team again. I want to see these guys taking on Brock Lesnar in Fast 11 uh, with John Cena. So how about that? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I think Vin Diesel is like great job getting family in there. And, you know, you're right. He's promoting – I'm going to lean Vin Diesel on this because he didn't have the ridiculous outfit that the rock, I mean, see the rock speech when you said it to me and I'm like, he's in full Jersey right now. Like, what is he doing? And, and, you know, he had all the great cliches and I got a chip on my shoulder. Let's have a chip together or whatever the chip of the shoulder thing was like, I don't know. The, the, the rock was a little much. So, but it also felt like Vin Diesel didn't know he was making a speech until about 30 seconds before he made the speech. So I don't know. I didn't think either were great. It tends to work out that way. They probably came up to where like, hey, Ben, you want to plug Fast X and be on TV? Sure. I'll well, do it. It's for family. And I'll say this too. Did they make great movies together? Like, I like the Fast and the Furiouses, but like. Dude, are we not going to act like five and six or not? Like, they are, but like. they're also cool the Fast and the Furious? I, I, listen, I'll watch five anytime it's on. I will. But man, it are they good movies? I don't know. I don't they're know if they're great good movies. movies. They're great. Uh, movies. They definitely got away from the racing. It became a heist movie uh, about five in. So well, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how we gone through all these movies with racing, and they haven't even gone like to a NASCAR track. I'm waiting for that so they can actually race some real racers. They don't do that, man. They're street racers. They're the real racers. Are they the real racers though? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Vin Diesel told us early on, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Whatever. <laughs> I want to know who actually wrote the, the scripts for these because... I think it's know. all different people. I think it's all different. I think it's a different group. We'll have to ask somebody that, but I do think it's but different. We, I, I think we just got to squash the beef. The Rock and Vin Diesel need to work it out so we can have Fast 11 and everybody come together. And then at the end, they can just say, family is family. And then just keep it going from there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, see The Rock and Vin Diesel fight John Cena. Oh, no, no, John Cena's on their team now. John what? Cena is actually Vin Diesel's brother. Brother, which... Sorry yeah. I just ruined it for everybody. Oh, but yeah, spoiler alert. your time. Yeah, spoiler you alert. The, movie. the question is, is what wrestler would be the funniest to put in the franchise? Oh, but they got to be dressed as the wrestler, like Gold Dust or someone like that. In the, uh, in the Fast and the Furious would be great. I'm trying to think who would be the funniest wrestler. Mark Henry. Just get a huge guy in there. The big show. I don't know. Somebody gigantic that doesn't fit. I don't know. (laughs) Mankind. Oh, I just got set mankind. That'd be a good one. But what if he was like Cactus Jack or dude love multiple people? So he could be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I was going to say you could either do mankind or gold dust. Um, but you got to think someone like outside the box, someone who's just like, you're like, what were they thinking? And like, how would they even fit into this? And so I'm like, oh man, you need someone. I I, I think mankind's probably going to be the one for me uh, just because I feel like it would be so off the rails and so weird. And then he could stick a sock into somebody's mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got to incorporate that. <laughs> Got to incorporate that. I don't know who runs the Fast and the Furious, but they have to be the biggest wrestling fan of all time. They just keep adding wrestlers to it. It's insane. Yeah. Let's be honest. Wrestlers are good actors. Yeah, they're, they're turning into that. I mean, Bautista. guys. Yeah. If you, if, uh, you, if you took a look at my uh, commercial, I would love to be in the Fast and Furious. I too. will say the amount of people that texted me and said you did a good job on that. You'd be proud. A lot of people thought you were pretty funny and you're it was short, but you were you were pretty good. Housekeeping. Yeah, I know. And I actually like the one after you take the door to the head and then you get up. You did a very good like, oh, that hurt. Like you looked like you were hurt. You really sold it. You sold it. Yeah. Very smooth. The thing about Caesar Sportsbook, it's not just an app. It's your key to a whole empire. Hotels, casinos, restaurants, shows, Caesar's Palace. I'm sure you've heard of it. Every bet you place with Caesar Sportsbook brings you closer to perks only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays at iconic destinations, app bonuses, merch, show tickets, and many more Caesars rewards perks. So get started today. Register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, Congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is one 800 Four two six two five three seven, or in West Virginia, visit one eight hundred gamblernet New York, call eight seven seven eight H O P E N Y, or text H O P E N Y four six seven three six nine. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in the U.S. Call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 for New York. Call 1 800 Next Step in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1 800 327 For Iowa, 1 800 Bets Off. For Puerto Rico, 1 800 981 For West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, guys, we got a chance to sit down with Sean Merriman a couple weeks ago at Super Bowl Radio Row. Take a listen. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. I, of course, am your host, number 97, Cam Hayward. Got my boy Hayden over here, longtime producer, longtime friend, and now an agent. I'm, I'm calling that. They Stop. keep calling that as we walk around. Everywhere we walk, man. I get asked, are you his agent? But we are live at the Caesar Sportsbook set, and we have a special guest, Mr. Lights Out, Sean Merriman. How you doing today, What's brother? up, my man? How you doing? Appreciate you. I'm good. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, dude. You know, I, I, I've been watching for a long time, man. I didn't know you you, you were this big, dude. I, you get, look, and, I, you know, I got some size, but it's different when you see somebody else that, you know, you watch for a long time and you, you meet the guys in person. So it's been well, cool. Dude, I, I, I watched you, and I was I wanted to be like you. I wanted to do the lights out. <laughs> I, I wanted to be part of that. That, that was that was dope. Tell me how that started. I uh, my, my sophomore year when I was in high school, I knocked out four, four guys, four kids in the game. Oh. And four? Uh, four, four, four in a game. They so, throw you out of the game. No, Wait. back then, you know, they back then you were applauded for. They were like, yeah, do five, knock out, do five, right? Right. Um, and and so I remember, like, around twenty students come run run up to me after the game and said, "Oh, you knocked those guys' lights out." And I said, "Yeah, well, call me lights out." I didn't think I thought nothing of it. <laughs> wow. And I got to school on Monday, and everybody was like, "Yeah, good game, lights." And I, I begged my mom to go let me get a, a lights out tattoo on my right forearm. Yeah. And uh, she told me to get the hell out the room. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was first. And then after two weeks of asking her every day, she finally let me get this lights out switch on my right forearm. Yeah. And so that's where the, you know, the switch on and off came from the sack dance. So. Dude, that's dope. I, I, now I, I'm thinking of it like I got to ask you, how do you feel about the rules for the quarterbacks when now you can't even touch them? Uh, you know, I would be playing for free. I mean, <laughs> you know, I would just, I would just come in and just write my checks out to the league right before yeah. the game because I, I do, you know, I do appreciate them making the game better, like the helmet, the helmet stuff. Yes, guys, defensively. I mean, back back then, you know, the crackback blocks and oh all the defensive gosh. players. You know, getting rid of all that stuff, I, I love it. It's great because right. that you can have some real problems there. Um, but when you're going out and playing the game, you, you, your first thought is, I need to get this guy on the ground by any means necessary. Exactly. And so when that happens, you're like, okay, what do I do? Do you pick him up? You can't lay on him. You can't. I mean, I used to love pushing off of guys on my oh, way up. You got to. That, you send a message that you, way. You send a message. You, you, get, you hit a guy, and you push up off of him on the way up, and you can't even do that anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I would just be calculating my fines after the game. Um, I can see but that. It, it, is, it is tough as a defensive player to go out and play the style of football that you want because there's, there's so many rules now. Right. Is there anything you would want to see change going forward? Um, for yeah. the pass rushers. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, listen. You pass rushers talking here. Come I, on, I would look. I would love more holding calls. I mean, that, facts. That, that's you know facts. Because, because I, I, what I think, um, if you're going to protect the offense so much, you got to start looking at how much they're doing on the on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And and I've never really been a big complainer. Like everybody gets held, mm-hmm. but some of this stuff is blatant. I'm also seeing guys the left ta- left and right tackles jump off the line of scrimmage a lot yes. faster. That has been and happening a that, ton. That has been happening so much and no one's calling it. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not the one to complain or anything like that because I'm in my mind I'm like, okay, I'm just not gonna make an excuse. I'm gonna make a play. But if a guy got a half a step or a full step on you, you're, he's just sitting there waiting on you to come. Yeah. At that point. So I, I think they've cleaned up the game as much as possible, but you have to you have to stop and, and from taking the integrity away from why everybody loved the game so much. Mm. What's the one thing you miss? The, lock, the locker room. The locker room. Yeah, because you know you get a you get a bunch of dudes that from everywhere, right? right? And somehow some guy from the country is best friends with some guy from the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you you can't explain it, right? They're two total different. You know, one guy can't dress worth a damn. He coming in and just <laughs> you know beat up clothes and holes and everything. Yep, yep. And the other guy comes in and Louis everything. And yeah. somehow they and then you they, got a guy in an overalls. And it overalls. makes no sense, right? And they and somehow they become best friends. And, and that's uh, I think that. Is, is what I miss about the game the most, just being around. Wins and losses. After right. wins and losses, you just you, – you're together with the guys, and, and I probably miss that the most. What was Phillip like, uh, Phillip yeah. Rivers? The, the best, dude. I mean, I, so I went to University of Maryland, and, and Phil went to NC State. Right. And so we played him in the conference, and I hated him. 
I hated I hate Phil with, with every ounce of, of my heart. I mean, I hated him because, you know, when you're watching film in college or in the pros, there's no sound. There's no sound. And so you're watching guys, so you just see him the whole time doing this, and you don't know what he's saying. And he looks very petty. He's looked petty. He's talking, you know. <laughs> yes. And so when you realize when you're on his team that he might be telling you, hey, good, great hit last play. Yeah. You're like, hold on, this dude's not a not a jerk at all, <laughs> you know. And but because I always thought he was, right. And um, he, he's probably the most he's probably the most competitive guy I've, guy I've ever played with, because mm. it didn't stop on the field. Okay. When you got off in the weight room, you can be on the bench, you know, dumbbells. Don't he'll walk by and say something to you. I like it. Right. He'll come like by. It. It'd be a, a table full of D linemen and linebackers. We're all sitting together. Phil come over and just start talking crap to everybody. And, you know, he's just – he's the ultimate competitor and, and one of the greatest, you know, teammates I got a chance to play with. Mm. What's the one th- craziest thing he's ever said that you've ever heard him say, trash talk-wise? Uh, Phil used to rap. Like – Phil Rivers used to rap? So, what – yes. <laughs> what, what, so, he, he would – Didn't know that was on the bingo card. Yeah. So, so you know – so, whatever the hottest radio show – Right. So we're having the hottest radio song was on. Like you ever been around a kid that, that says everything you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you gotta watch what you say around if that was Phil. Oh god. So like Phil, if if there was a hot radio uh, song that just kept playing all the time, Phil would know the lyrics. And so we'll be sitting in the defensive team meeting room and we'll hear somebody coming down the hallway rapping, and you turn around and Phil walks <laughs> by the door, we're like, no way. No way. And I'm talking about rapping all the whole song. So if we're looking at Eight Mile, is he more B Rabbit or Cheddar Bob? <laughs> B Rabbit. Yeah, it sounds like it's B Rabbit. Yeah, B B Rabbit, man, and um, he he was just, like he just never stopped. He, he just, I laugh about it now because you you do miss that part of him just yeah. being so damn competitive. Right. Um, but he he definitely knew whatever the hottest song was out, he can rap that entire song. Wow. I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> Cam, what's the craziest thing he's ever said to you? You played against him a couple times. Thing is, Phil was really nice to me for some reason. Like Phil was which always is, which cool. is unexpected, man. Because guys like you, he, I'm sure he hated. Yeah, he was nice because like he knew my neighbors. So like we would talk and be like, "Oh, how so and so? You know, good to see you. We we've just been talking." I'm just like, Phil, we got a game. I'm, I'm about <laughs> to sack you. I don't really care what you're doing right, right. now. <laughs> but it was it was all like a game to him, man. And once you understood like what kind of person he was. Yeah. He, had, he had no ill will towards anybody. No, he never none. had any ill will towards anybody. But you can just hit him as hard as you possibly can, and he'll tap you on the head. Why are you still on him? And say, hey, great hit. You know, you got you to you do a little harder next time. You're like, right. what? <laughs> Who are you talking to? You know, he, was, he just had that about him. Which quarterback did you enjoy sacking the most? Tom. Tom? Yeah. Okay. I, you, because, you know, Tom didn't, didn't think he should have been hit. Yeah, you know they like, all think they shouldn't be hit. Yeah, yeah. He he was um he he was he was great to go against Big Ben. Mm-hmm. I love because Big Ben was like always slippery, man. Mm-hmm. Like you like yeah you yeah you know a couple times I had him. You know we had a, we played you guys on it was a Sunday night football game I think in 06, 07 or whatever and he got a ball off but he had he had one he had me at the top of him and he had another guy on his legs and he threw the ball still. And I'm like, how? How did he get rid of the ball? And yeah. so it was, it was fun getting Big Ben as well. Actually, I think that was my, my first sack on him against it. Like, it was a Sunday night, a Monday night game. Oh, wow. So it was great, man. I, you, know, you guys are always, always tough to play against. That atmosphere was, in, it was always insane. Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you about this because you played in San Diego. How was it with the fans, you know, with so many different fan bases coming in? They would take over the stadium sometimes. And it, it, it's different. Like – you know, I think Steeler fans travel well, but I've seen so many different fans take over that uh, that stadium so many different times. Yeah, because everybody want to come live in San Diego. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's a great right. destination. Yeah, people are not sure. li- like getting up and going to move in Kansas City. Yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> unless there's a job out there paying you a ton of money, you ain't going. Right. You ain't going to Kansas City. No, and I think no. that um, every that San Diego and L.A., but mainly San Diego is a destination, a hotbed from everybody. Right. You know, retirement and, and just different people who come from all parts of the country, especially. Mm-hmm. The ones that's cold and not that great. They all right. come to San Diego. So I always say this: we would we would notice it at the game. It wasn't like we were we, we were obliv- oblivious to all the other fans. Right. But we knew after that first quarter they ain't cheering no more. <laughs> you know, like that that was our you know that was our goal. Like okay, we about to shut everybody up after this first quarter yeah. and you know get them switching their hats to that Chargers gear. Okay, okay. Give me your NFL moment. Welcome to the NFL moment. Um. Probably that thirty-two thousand dollar bill they ran up on me my oh, rookie year. Man, 
Pro- probably that. Was that uh, fines? Was it fines? No, it was dinner. Oh, oh, the, the rookie, rookie dinner. dinner. Oh, the rookie dinner. Rookie yeah. dinner. Yeah. Rookie oh, dinner. I've heard horror stories about that. What you're all? You're sitting next to. What him. all they order? <laughs> what was the order? Um, they, everything. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen. I never. I didn't even know what like Louis the Thirteen was. Everybody and, finds out about Louis very I didn't, quickly. I didn't know. I mean, what? I'm just thinking it's another hundred dollar bottle that's on the shelf, right? Yeah. I don't know about him. I just turned twenty one. What do I know? Right. Um. And I didn't know about three of them because that's what <laughs> that's what they ordered. Yes. And, and you know, I think Drew Brees he had he had like two or three thousand dollar bottle of wines. I didn't even know wines can cost a thousand bucks. I had no Nobody idea. Nobody knows that. No, I, I found out. <laughs> and I found out. So um, that was that was my welcome my welcome to the NFL moment. Oh my but. gosh! Yeah, I had my little brother on the team this past year, and like I'm like, bro, you know you're gonna have to buy a bottle. And he was like, bottle of what? And I'm like, a Louis XIII bottle. And he was like. Inform me. Expand on that. I'm like, no. You'll just find out when we get there. He's that's, a six-round pick, though. That's six-round wrong. picks don't got to pick? Yeah, guys, look. He's my little brother. I had that's, to. That's that's wrong. I'd rather get beat up. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, I'd yeah. rather, like, the big brother punch me in the stomach. You want the Tim Tebow where they tie you to the goalpost and shave t- your head? T- shave it all off. But I'm not, <laughs> spending, I'm not spending that for, what is it, four or $5,000 for the bottle now? I mean, I got him a discount. What is that discount? Yeah, twenty five hundred. A, a yeah. Groupon for yeah. for eight hundred for eight bucks off. I mean, yeah. that, that that that's real damage. That hurt no matter what. So, okay. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Last question: What what's some projects you got going on right now? Uh, Light, Lights out, extreme fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my MMA league I, I launched um, in two thousand eighteen. We're now on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have Fubo, get it. Um, get it. We just moved into the top ten most watched all time on Fubo Sports. Wow. We had a big fight uh, January fourteenth in Riverside. Mm-hmm. Got another big fight coming up um, in April. That'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports. Trying to get some of these former former football guys, man. You know, yeah. You know, some not everybody has this long, you know, career and stuff like that. So we're seeing a, a constant transition of, of former athletes transitioning into combat sports. And we, I'm just, you know, giving these guys a platform to come and do it with Lights Out Extreme Fighting. And I, and I tell them, I say, you're gonna be on TV. You know, we got we got a great streaming partner with football. So come on, man, we'll we'll do it. That's awesome to hear. So everybody, check that out. Sean Merriman, I appreciate you coming on. And that is another episode of Not Just Football. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.